Good morning. It's so important to get the lines straight and all things settled. Well, this morning we're continuing our series, Decision Making 101, asking the question, what's the next right thing? And my question this morning, guiding this morning is, when do you move toward and when do you move away from? So we're going to begin with Jesus, and he and his disciples are crossing over Lake Galilee. And here in Mark chapter 5, the story goes on. It says, they went across a lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. Maybe you can imagine this scene as it's being read that You know, Jesus and the disciples in a few boats arrive on shore and the boats skid up on the sand and they begin hopping out when this crazy man approaches them. And I can only imagine that the disciples are trying to coax Jesus back into the boat and thinking, Jesus, can we just go down shore and park down there and not deal with this guy? Or maybe the people from the town are like waving their arms, do not park there, just Don't stop on the shore there. Just get away from that guy. We've tried to control him and subdue him, but we cannot. It's not safe. We're going to pause that story and come back to it in a moment. But if you imagine that you are here and this morning you have a reason to come up on stage, and, you know, you come up on stage and arrive up here, and when you get up here, there is an awful Horrible, terrible, provoking a gag reflex smell on this stage. I mean, it's actually a normal thing, but you didn't know that. And in this moment, you just have to get away from this. Now, here's the question. Which way do you go to get away? You know, if you came up this way, do you go back that way? The way you came, you know that way. Do you go another way because you have momentum in that direction? Do you go over this ominous side door where you don't even know where that goes just to get away and not be seen by everybody because that's better than coming back? Which way do you go? It actually doesn't matter which way you go because to get away from the smell is away from. There is actually no direction to away from. There's no like specific place to go. It's just away. So you just get away. And then once you're away, you get back to this place. You're like, oh, that's over. I can move on with my day. So that's away from, right? Something provokes you. But what about towards? There's something that brought you up on stage in the first place. You know, what is it that brought you up here and why? And when you're confronted with this stinky smell, will you press through toward the thing you came up here for, or will you go away? Now, you can come up here for a lot of different reasons. Um, Just 
thinking about baby Hazel this morning coming up. You do child dedication, and, you know, babies sometimes have accidents right before you come to do ba baby dedication. That's a literal bad smell. <laughs> I've had parenting experiences then. But maybe you've been asked to come up here to share how God has met you in a difficulty in your life and how God has met you and brought you through. And there's a little bit of fear to come up here to public speak, to share something difficult, because to share something about how God met you requires saying, this was hard, I made a bad choice, or this was bad, and it's, it's, it's fearful, right, to come up here and share that. Or, in an even more terrible reason to come on stage, which has happened here in this space many times over our almost 100 years, but you come up here to give a eulogy for your friend. Not, you're not afraid of speaking to people, perhaps, but instead it's the pain of sadness in that moment and that friend. You know, what brought you up on stage and that you are going to continue moving toward that no matter how stinky it happens to be up here? Well, Jesus got out of the boat and he was in, met with an un, incredibly unpleasant person. But he moved toward that man. Jesus had a vision of this person that was greater than the circumstances he was currently in. He saw the glory in the man, and he saw that and moved toward that and didn't let the circumstances deter him. Picking up at the story, Mark 5, verse 7. He, the man, shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? It's interesting who answers. The, the, the demons, the impure spirits answer, My name is Legion. He replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. And the demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. Jesus gave them permission. And the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. And the herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. So as we're asking this question and seeing this story, we're seeing Jesus move toward the man. And as we ask the question, what's the next right thing? We don't get to make a universal answer that to move toward is always the answer. Because there's also times to move away from. So Jesus, in other situations, moved away from the crowd. Or when Jesus was on trial, before his crucifixion, before Pontius Pilate, he was being questioned and asked things, and he remained silent. He, he moved away from that. Or you think about even before that moment in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus prayed and asked his friends to pray with him off to the side. And Jesus prayed, and it was intense, where he said, God, take this from me. He wanted to move away from what was ahead in crucifixion. But he prayed and he said, but not my will, but your will be done. 
We see these tensions of sometimes Jesus is moving away, sometimes he's moving toward, sometimes it's easy to go either direction, and sometimes it's hard. And in our lives, what's the right next thing? It's not always very clear. I mean, certainly there's times when it helps to have, this is good or bad, or moral or immoral, or good or evil. Like, it's easy sometimes to make a choice, but a lot of more times it's more complicated than that. The choices aren't always so clear. Which way to go? What is right? Because even thinking about what is moral versus immoral, you know, it's often more pleasant to do immoral things, and it's harder more painful to do the right moral thing. So these things are not always very clear. But what God gives us are guides. And I see you talked about this last week, about giving us guides. And guides that point in the direction of God and the way God has set up and designed life. And say, God says, this is the way I want you to go, and this is a good way. Good for you, good for the community. These guides that point us in the direction of saying, go toward this and away from that. And when Jesus meets the man, his example to us is that whether you move toward or you move away is not about the circumstances. It's not about the conditions that are happening. It's not about suffering or not suffering. Instead, Jesus says, there's something greater that guides you're going toward or you're going away. And it's not the circumstances. Two things this morning to think about guides in our lives. Guides, one guide is an internal guide, and the second is an external guide. These are guides. So an internal guide we have is called pain pursues pleasure. Pain pursues pleasure. You, know, you can put this in a similar genre as um, fight or flight in us. It's an internal thing that we have that we naturally move toward pleasurable things and we naturally move away from things that cause pain. It's our internal guide in us. And it's a helpful guide. It helps us navigate through life to move towards things that are more pleasurable and away from things that are painful. But the problem is that is an internal guide that guides us, but we need to test that guide within. I mean, you think about coming up on stage, the guide of fear or sadness or just embarrassment, that guide is going to make you want to move away from being on stage. But instead, there's this other bigger thing to move toward and that you can overcome pain pursues pleasure in that moment. So as we're making decisions, we need to first assess the pain or the discomfort in our life. And to ask the question, is this something that I need to move away from? Or is this something I actually need to move toward and work through and get to the other side and hopefully gain something by working through? You know, by simply using this example of coming up on stage, you know, you will push through something that's stinky for something greater. And if you think in your own life, how pain pursues pleasure, when you have a stressful day, and there's pain and discomfort and dis-ease in you from that day, you know, what do you do when you come home? What choices do you make for stressful pain day to then pursue pleasure? 
you know, one thing I know that's easy to do is that when you come home and you've had a stressful day, it's nice to yell at someone. You didn't get to yell at anybody at work because that's not allowed, but at home you can yell at people. You can yell at the dog, and you can pursue some pleasure through them. I mean, some people I've heard at the end of the day will pick up a glass of wine and escape into a place of pleasure, getting away from the pain. Or whatever guilty pleasure you want, at the end of the day, you do something to escape the pain and move toward pleasure, towards ease. And the thing about guilty pleasures and this pain pursues pleasure thing in us is that it's not helping solve anything about the pain. It's just covering over and moving on. So first thing we need to do is assess what is the pain and what am I supposed to do with it? And this pain pursues pleasure thing within us can trip us up. Because if we only follow it, pain pursues pleasure is guiding us to take the easy route. Do the simplest thing. You know, get the most with the least effort. The question it's asking is, is this pragmatic? Is this practical? Does this benefit me? And pain pursues pleasure does not ask the question, what's the right next thing? So when Jesus comes on shore, his interaction with the crazy man is to move towards him. To move towards him for the greater good of loving a man who is in suffering. A second guide is an external guide. And it's a very churchy answer. It's God's guidance. God's guidance is an external to us that's guiding us. And we get this guidance from God through the scriptures, through the community of faith throughout history. We get it from the Holy Spirit within us, guiding us. We think about the scriptures. The scriptures are guides because the guide, the guide of scripture says, move toward these things and move away from those things. You know, move toward loving, goodness, kindness, self-control. Move away from selfishness, greed, and idolatry. The scriptures guide us away from killing people, stealing their things, and coveting their stuff. And the scriptures move us away from that. Did I say toward? That's terrible. Just erase that in the video and correct that. Away from those things and moves us toward honoring your parents, loving your neighbor, and loving God. The scriptures are these, have these guiding things in our lives, but sometimes it needs interpretation. We are deciding on things more complicated than should I kill my boss or not. It is deeper and more difficult. And so we need the community of faith to come alongside us to listen, to listen to God, to the Holy Spirit. And so how this works is when you gather with somebody who knows you and loves you, somebody who has one ear to you, and listening and caring, but also one ear to the Holy Spirit, listening for what God is saying into that moment. There is one passage of scripture that is a great list that I think is very inspiring by the very nature that God knows that there's times when you move toward and there's times when you move away from. 
And in this list in Ecclesiastes 3, we see the tension in between those things. And God knows that and is with us in that. So I'd like to read this list from Ecclesiastes 3, and I invite you to listen to hear what God has to say just in this list to you. So from Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant, a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. Time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So how do you know when to move toward something and when to move away from something? You listen. You listen to God and his guidance in scripture you listen in the community of faith. You listen and ask God for direction in your decision making. In concluding, I want to read a quote from Henry Nowen, hopefully capturing some of the angst of the in-between. When we're looking for this over there and wanting that and the not working together but the thing that we need most. Henry Nouwen said this, I know how great a temptation it is in times of anguish and agony to look away from our painful center and expect peace and a sense of inner wholeness to come from external things. But I am increasingly convinced that at times of anguish and agony, we have to choose a contained life where we can be in the presence of people who hold us safe and bring us in touch with the unconditional, effective love of God. Do not get involved in experiences of living that will lead to dissipation. What is so important is to have a deep sense of inner safety, of being held by a love that is in no way using you, manipulating you, or needing you. Heavenly Father, thank you for the knowing of the troubles that we have. And Jesus, thank you that you said in this world we will have trouble, but you have overcome the world. And today, whether we are moving toward or moving away from, pray for your grace to lead and guide us, and that we would join you in this life of making more good, Pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and 